Welcome to the Tax Sell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimmon. I'm a tax sell veteran, the leading tax sell expert, author of the Tax Sell Playbook, founder of the Tax Sell Academy, and I'm your host right here on the Tax Sell Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. It's a completely free podcast, but it's brought to you through and because of the Tax Sell Academy. So if you are looking to learn more about investing in tax default real estate, make sure you check it out at Tax Sell Academy. Dot com. All right, on today's episode, I'll be sharing 10 things that greatly improved my tax sale business. Now, this episode is going to be different from just about every other episode that I've done since most of these are not really interrelated. So basically, I'm just going through the deals and the processes that I've utilized over the years, discussing what worked for me, what surprised me, and sharing those type of things with you. Now, hopefully, you will find each one of these helpful in some regard, but if you only use one or two, I can guarantee this episode will be worthwhile. So keep in mind, a lot of these do have quite a few moving parts, so make sure you learn the specifics prior to attempting any of these. All right, the first one. I tried this many, many years ago when I first got into the business, and as humbly as possible, I've made a ridiculous amount of money using this strategy, and that is to buy a multi-lot parcel and then split up that parcel and sell those lots individually. So in other words, let's say you have one property and inside of that legal description, which is what you are buying at a tax deed sale, it says something like block A, lot number one, and lot number two. So you buy it, perhaps get a survey depending on what the county requires, and then you sell it separately. You sell block A, lot one as one transaction. You sell block A, lot two as a separate transaction, typically to a different buyer. After doing one or two of these, in my situation, I actually came across a 34 lot parcel. I purchased it, I had it surveyed, then I sold every single one of those lots separately. That transaction alone netted me well over $200,000 within about a six month time frame with fairly minimal effort because the fact of the matter is marketing the first one of those lots when you go to resell it is going to be the same as every other lot you are selling. You might have to adjust your marketing materials or your plat map that shows where the lot you're selling is a little bit here and there, but the marketing efforts are just about the same. So buy a multi-lot parcel, split it up, and resell it. Number two, it's cheap, cheap land. Now, I'm talking about land for less than $500. Oftentimes, this type of property is in the middle of nowhere, where there might be very little perceived demand, but this is where you buy something and you go about it differently when it comes to selling it. And this is the exact approach that I took when the market turned in 2008. I bought a whole bunch of these little lots for a few hundred bucks each. Seemed like nobody wanted them at the time. Then I turned right around and I sold them for 800 or $1,000 a pop. It's all paperwork, of course. There's a lot of paperwork behind it. It's also all online and it is not life-changing money by any stretch of the imagination, but I've seen many, many new Taxel Academy members do the same exact thing throughout the years as they build up their capital to start investing in the bigger stuff. Now, while I did start in 2008 utilizing that strategy, guess what? Those same cheap lots, this same exact strategy is utilized 
by myself and by many, many others in the Tax Cell Academy to this day. This approach still works. You just have to go out there and find those cheap lots generally in the middle of nowhere. Number three, in-person auctions in rural small towns. I once went to an auction where there was just two other people in the room besides myself, the auctioneer and one other bidder who was interested in one property that coincidentally I did not want to purchase. Obviously, you need to be able to sell the property, but going to small towns has always proven extremely fruitful for me. In many of these places, the competition that does show up, they want the nicest homes in the best areas. It's not a whole lot of real estate investors. It's people that buy a house every four or five years and they happen to show up at the auction and hope they get a good deal. They're not true investors. It's okay with me though, if I'm investing in maybe lower or middle end type properties. They simply make money for me and I've found out time and time again, the margin in these smaller towns is much, much higher than the larger towns where there's lots of competition. The next one, a little advanced, but that's developmental rights. Depending on your knowledge and how much you understand it, this could be a complete waste of time for you. But over the years, I have bought a few different developments at tax sales. What happens a lot of times is these companies, these developers go in there with you know the correct knowledge, maybe the correct capital, and then the project just kind of fizzles out, or maybe the economy turns, they can't afford to keep it going, or whatever else, and they walk away from the project and it ends up at tax sales. Now, in some cases, they've included a full built-out subdivision with lots of amenities like roads, sidewalks, drainage, even survey stakes in the ground marking every single lot. In other cases, it is simply raw vacant land that's been approved and subdivided with no physical improvements. Now, in every case, I have flipped those subdivisions to local developers who had no idea they were even coming up for tax. So a lot of them said, I've been waiting for that property to go on the market so I could buy it. They had no idea it was headed to tax sale. And if they did, they had no idea how to buy the property. So a lot of these developers, while they're very, very skilled at developing real estate, the ones that I sell to, they are not skilled at knowing when to find these properties at tax sales and how to go about purchasing them. So I'll buy them and I'll sell them to a local developer. Now the time that it takes to go through the approval and the subdividing process for real estate to break a large plot of land into a subdivision, it can be years. And in some cases, it can cost well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars before you even break ground. Most investors that show up at tax sales are intimidated by these projects and they'll skip them. So they often sell at tax sales for nearly nothing. Of course, many come with their own set of issues. Something was done incorrectly. Bonds might have to be put up after the purchase, all sorts of other fun stuff. So I don't recommend this approach unless you can partner with somebody who is experienced in that type of stuff or unless you have experience in that type of stuff yourself. Next one, parking lots. This never crossed my radar until I bought an old house inside of the city limits of a fairly busy town. The town had street parking, but not a whole lot of other parking for the local businesses. So within two weeks of my purchase, an attorney who had an office next door to this old house called me and they wanted to buy the property. Now, I don't remember the specifics of that particular deal, but I remember I made more selling it to the neighboring business, that attorney, who wanted to 
bulldoze the house down and turn it into a parking lot than I would have selling it as an as-is home to just some random real estate investor. It had substantial value for that attorney's business because he needed that parking so bad. And I've actually done this a few different times, although it's mostly been with vacant lots next door to businesses that had limited parking, opposed to buildings they had to knock down to turn into a parking area. So buy the land, if it's in the middle of a bunch of businesses, contact all the neighboring owners, and if you did it correctly, you'll have an extremely high buyer demand from the neighbors and exactly one property that they want for parking, which is the one you will own. Next one, camping lots. And this is another one that's kind of new to me. I'm referring to lots designed for temporary camping only. So in other words, you can pitch a tent or maybe set up your RV or your camper there for a set period of time. So no longer than say 14 consecutive days or whatever the county's requirements are in that area. And you're doing it on the land that you own. This takes a very different approach from selling conventional real estate. So most real estate investors skip over these properties because of that reason. A lot of real estate investors will look at it and say, that property is not buildable. And while that is true, it does not mean that the property is not usable. So if you figure out the approach to contacting folks that want to utilize these campsite lots, you can certainly make a few bucks selling those properties because there's not going to be a whole lot of other investors in the room that want to buy them. Be warned, however, if you take the standard approach when it comes to selling those lots, if you go and try to put those properties on MLS, for example, you're likely going to lose a lot of money. People are going to laugh at you and your audience is going to wonder why you're selling unbuildable lots. Next one, a few slightly less tactical ones now and more skills focus. Take the time to learn internet marketing. I have sold 99.9% .9 of every property over the last 12 of the 21 years that I've been in business utilizing the internet. There are classes you can take, there are processes you can learn, and obviously we teach about this inside the Taxel Academy. But if you learn how to leverage the power of the internet, you will have zero issues selling properties that you bought correctly. This is a skill that changes from time to time, but it's a skill that pays in dividends. Next one, inconvenience drives profits up. And people hate when I say this, but if it's convenient for you, it's convenient for everybody else too. And this means the competition levels will increase. And ultimately, you're going to get into a battle of who will accept the least amount of money for the most amount of work. That's what competition does. The more inconvenient it is for everybody, the more profitable it's going to be for you because most people are too lazy to put in the work. So if I'm attending a tax sale and they require a statement that I don't have any delinquent taxes that I must get from the tax collector's office, and then I physically have to deliver that statement to the treasurer's office. That's a pain in the butt, but some counties require it. So is driving three hours to an auction from the closest airport that has any flights. So are about a million other things. But if you are not lazy, if you are willing to go those extra steps, I promise you, you will reap the rewards. The more inconvenient it is, the more profitable it will be. Next one, efficiency. 
Take the time to learn how to research properties, how to make spreadsheets, how to do the things required in this business in an efficient manner. If you are spending weeks and weeks researching one tax sale list, you are not efficient. And until you're investing well into the seven figures or more, don't try to pawn this off on somebody else and be too lazy to learn how to do it yourself, especially somebody that you found on Upwork or Fiverr that you're trying to pay $2 an hour to. Most of the people who try to do this don't understand the importance of what they're doing and they don't have the experience to teach what they are doing. And frankly, they have to learn it themselves beforehand before they try to hire help. But again, the truth is until you're well into seven figures, you probably don't need help. You just need to learn what you are doing. And lastly, this is a numbers game. Tax sale investing is all about the numbers. I didn't realize this until I saw my income hit a brick wall. But the more properties you research, the more properties you will see get auctioned off, the more properties you'll be able to buy, the more properties you'll be able to sell, and the more money you will make. If you go to one auction with 10 properties, let's say that's 10 chances of buying a property you can make money with. If you go to 100 auctions with 10 properties at each one, that's 1,000 chances of buying a property you can make money off of. Very, very simple when you take that approach. The more properties you see sold, the higher your chances are of success. And also, don't complain about not being able to find any good deals until you've seen hundreds or even thousands of properties get sold at tax sales. So there you have it, 10 things that have contributed to the success of myself and many others in the tax sale business. Of course, there's plenty to unpack in each one of those, but hopefully you'll be able to apply at least a few of these to your business at some point in the future if you're not doing so already. That is it for today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do us a huge favor and leave some positive feedback whatever podcasting or video platform you're listening or watching us on right now. These are free episodes. Of course, we don't charge membership or listening fee or anything like that, but your positive feedback truly helps us out in the podcasting world and might even serve to pay it forward simply because somebody checks us out and learns about this incredible business because you took the time to leave a positive feedback comment or just click that thumbs up button. And as always, if we can be of any additional help, be sure to check out the links in today's show notes including the one to our step-by-step tax sale training at taxcellacademy.com. Hey, take care, folks. We'll see you next time right here on the Tax Sale Podcast. Bye-bye.